Hello lovers, go to entamopleasurables.com for your slippery needs and get 20% off with the WILD20 promo code. You'll thank me later. Running wild with Christine, sex, success, and other slippery rabbit holes. Welcome to episode 122, which marks the uh, beginning of season four with Janessa St. Pierre. Hi, Janessa. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) This is so long in the making. It is. Yeah, we were talking about this like before COVID, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think we have uh, our dear friend Jason to thank for this as well. <laughs> yeah. What up, Jason? Hope you're having fun in Calgary. <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> um, I love the connections that you make. On- yeah. <laughs> shoot <laughs> film sets are basically just a traveling circus of the modern era <laughs> like all totally. the weirdos coming together. <laughs> um so basically janessa will introduce herself in her own words because that's what we like to do here so easiest question to start with who are you well uh, awkward um <laughs> no i'm janessa my pronouns are she her um yeah, I've grown up in Vancouver, what is known as Vancouver, for my whole life now. Um, it's a strange city, I find, as a Black person, but um, I make do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm a filmmaker, performer. I do a bunch of things, and I love doing a bunch of things. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us about growing up in Vancouver. What was your family like as a small child? Well, I had a super awesome upbringing, I'd say. Um, I have two incredible parents that are super supportive. Um, so my my childhood was pretty great, one that I always like want to go back too especially when it comes to like when I think Mm -hmm. about like within my family I'm like I'm glad I grew up that way especially because like my dad was adopted and so Mm -hmm. his whole family is just a bunch of different types of people (laughs) and my grandparents were these white people (laughs) and I just grew up just I didn't know the concept of like not loving somebody because they aren't like look like you or like Mm -hmm. part of you or blood. So that's like one thing I'm super grateful for um, growing up, but Mm -hmm. looking back and obviously like learning so much about yourself. Yeah. Growing up in Vancouver as a black girl wasn't so great. (laughs) Yeah. Looking back on it. But yeah, but that's an interesting point. So you weren't aware of it until a certain point. Was there is there like a point of awareness? Yeah, totally. Like, I don't think that like, there's so many, like, it's embarrassing, because like, I think back to so many things that have happened in my childhood, where I'm like, Oh, my God, that was so racist. And so fucked up. Holy Mm. shit. I did not register that being that at the time because, you know, being a child um, and just like not really being versed well in those things and what they meant. Um, So that was kind of like once I hit like, it was pretty late, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) 
in like, life. Is it a blessing? Is it like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know what was better. Like, I figured out like microaggressions were like so much of my growing up were microaggressions, and I was like, oh my god whoa people were not being nice when I thought they were um (laughs) like do you think yeah I mean that's like such a that must be such a weird thing to conceptualize because you're like am I glad that I didn't notice so that I was like blissfully unaware or also like is that like internalized now Mm -hmm. (laughs) like because it's yeah definitely internalized (laughs) like I feel like every like every black person I talked to like grew up here goes through this stage of like yeah there was a stage where I was completely unaware of what was going on and a condition of my environment so I didn't even like me I didn't even Mm. see me as being like somebody who belongs in a lot of these spaces so you do internalize it Mm -hmm. and yeah it takes a lot and I don't know I've just found this city growing up to be just so strange because obviously now it's like a lot of performative activism too mm-hmm. um and you see the same people that you grew up with like bullying you in high school and like calling you the n-word now like <laughs> you know be like activists and like raising money and you're like I get people can change but I don't know you're like it's... is it gross or do yeah. I still resent you <laughs> like like I want like, <laughs> I just wish that like we would own up to what like the culture here in the city just seems like I just wish we'd own up to how inauthentic bad it, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it it was bad, and it's also inauthentic. I just wish we would like own up to that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can grow, but like if you're not acknowledging where, where that came growth from? comes from, then there's <laughs> yeah. a bit of an issue there. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. And Definitely that's a cognitive similar. dissonance that they're very happy to keep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so totally. I'm hold on to this very precious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, there was um, a lot of that. Kind yeah. of like in my high school like time. Where did you go to high school? I went to high school in like West Vancouver, McGee Secondary School. I did this like special dance program for my mm-hmm. high school days. I wanted to be a professional ballet dancer. Um, <laughs> also like internalized. I don't know why I wanted to be a ballet dancer so bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I really did. <laughs> um um, and yeah, I went to school half the day and went to dance class half the day. So I wasn't that popular in school. Uh, I had like busy. five friends. What? Yeah, I was busy, busy, like, busy training and being obsessed with dance. Um, and we would have like five friends that we'd go to dance class with and also like other classes with. So it was just like other people in the high school. I was just like, I don't know you. Like that mm. was <laughs> probably not that much of a point because I'll never get to see you that's literally what Summer said <laughs> that's what Summer said about her high school really you, do you know Summer from yeah Grace yeah mm-hmm. so she was saying the same thing because it's so yeah. intensive that you just like yeah. live in this tiny 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 bubble yeah totally it was totally that for me growing up through high school so it was like yeah I just like had my friends who were you know my squad accepted of them like everybody else in the school I was kind of just like eh, I'm not too sure and you're scary <laughs> like, so <laughs> you feel how did you feel inside about that like in high school I like to think about a high school a lot because it's such an awkward fucking age oh of your God. life for everyone it's it's like hormones galore and also like 
you feel so grown up like you think you know shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is you think you're grown yeah Um, I went through that (laughs) and and so I like to you know I I think it like kind of conditions a lot of your experiences as a young adult like coming into your 20s of like especially going back to like ideas of belonging and you know like ideas of your place in a social group that suddenly isn't like linked to your family yeah did you feel like within even that little tiny bubble that you fully belonged like did you feel like it was a blossoming time or like super not that at all it was I don't even know like it was just so weird like I just feel like I was trying to be basically trying to be like a basic white girl because that's what I thought what was desirable at the time in 2012. Like, that is what was desirable in 2012. Like, like, I just, like, remember going, like, even on Tumblr, which was, like, such a big thing in my high school days, mm-hmm. and, like, searching black girl on Tumblr and, like, not being able to find, like, those pictures everybody else was using as their profile pictures at the time. And I was just like, mm, this is not going to be good for me down the line, is it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, high school is just so weird. I yeah. I felt so not, like, Yourself? I belonged. Yeah, like, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't be who I was because it wasn't what I thought was like popular and I was so wrapped up in like all of that obviously and at that time yeah Yeah. like even in the ballet world too it's like I had all of these things going I don't know why I thought ballet was like help me feel like it did create a community but the essence of what the actual dance is is so not like now I think about it I'm like I was so brainwashed in that world too and it's such a toxic Mm -hmm. environment to be in it's the Mm -hmm. the intensive ballet world so it's like having high school being like predominantly white space and then also in like this predominantly white practice (laughs) and space and also it being super competitive and so I don't yeah it was like I was friends with like my dad's friends we were so close but there was always that aspect of like weird competition when you were in class And when you were getting chosen to be like the solos and the leads and whoever were doing, was ever Mm -hmm. doing what. Um, So yeah, it definitely gets to you, but I don't even know if dance like helped with the whole aspect of like criticism and like being able to handle it. Cause it's like, Mm -hmm. I, you just got screamed at all the time. This is why you ended up in film. This is why I ended up in film. Yeah, I can be humiliated. It's fine. (laughs) We've practiced. We've practiced. We're good. Yeah. Lay it on me. Yeah. (laughs) So how, like, okay, how do you 180 then? Like, do you just finish high school and you're like, fuck this. What the fuck was I thinking? (laughs) Well, it was kind of like in my 11th grade year, I was just like, thought I was grown. I was like, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know if this is like what I want to do. Like, I, I guess dance just started to become less fun for me um, in the programs that I was in. And it was just getting super intense t- to the point where it didn't feel fun for me. It was just like, this isn't fun. <laughs> yeah. And I missed out on so many like high school things, I thought. Like, I didn't do anything a lot of my high school until grade mm-hmm. 12 because I was so wrapped up in dance and doing that every single day of my life um so I kind of like got to the end of it and was like I didn't do anything 
fine. Like in the movies and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I kind of want to experience like what a real high school is like going to class every day from 8 a.m. to 3. Like I never did that until 12th grade. I actually transferred schools because I didn't want to go to this West Side school anymore. And I thought this East Side school that was like closer to my house and a lot of my other friends went there Mm -hmm. that I met through like house parties and stuff. But I was having fun at these parties because I was meeting like people that just like weren't super rich and white. (laughs) Yeah. People who don't know know Vancouver, West Vancouver is like epitome of white and rich. Like it was people like at my old high school, for example, people were making like they made comments like I want to like crash my car that my mom just got me so that I can get another one that I want like like like, it was like a very wealthy area yeah Vancouver so it's already a white and wealthy place yeah exactly (laughs) exactly so like switching schools was really cool for me because it was like my first experience feeling like world (laughs) yeah and like there was black kids at the school there is indigenous kids there was like way more diversity when it came to like actual students Mm -hmm. there which made me feel so much more comfortable like like I it was still bad at the time it's like being just around more different people made me feel so much more comfortable and I met my partner at that school (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a lot of good things happened out of that um switching schools in my later yeah. of my life and I kind of stopped dancing for a bit went away from it and went to film school and was like that's what I'm gonna do now <laughs> did you decide to go to film school where'd that come from well I definitely think that like my dance dance in general has totally influenced my artistic practice in the way of filmmaking and stuff but I've always been into the movies like bef- even before like me and my family would go to the movie theater like every Friday night when we were young like it was a tradition mm-hmm. and if we weren't then we'd watch movies together like all on the couch <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like a thing so I've always just been super into storytelling and like the first thing that I thought about when I was like well dance doesn't really make me happy anymore in the same ways what does and it like all through my my dance I was making little videos with my friends and YouTube videos (laughs) like yeah you know like super into that whole thing and so I just knew that that was kind of where I wanted to go down that road and yeah and here you are Mm -hmm. here I am (laughs) so when did you graduate from film school uh 2017 I did like three years, but at all different places. Like the first year I went to Montreal and did my film studies at Concordia. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't like the cold, so I had to leave. Yeah, that's, a, I, that's literally why I chose Vancouver. I got, yeah. when I applied to university, I got into uh, Montreal and Vancouver. And I was like, it sounds less cold over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I go to it's like, yeah. Growing up in Vancouver, you're like, I want to go. I'm going to leave. And so you like go. And then you literally, like, growing up here, like, hit with the cold. You're like, holy shit. Fuck. What did I do? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can handle this, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
And I was straight up just like, I don't, I can't do this for the next four years. And I'm not even sure why I came here since all the films <laughs> in Vancouver. Um, <laughs> like, this is entirely counterproductive. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, glad I left my house, me. but also yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, came back, went to Capilano and did two years there. Um, and it's just like a year by year basis of program. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just learn how to do filmmaking in the first two years is like technical so I only did the first two years yeah and then I kind of just started working after that um in places that I could um was super into the art department at first because that's what I was into in film school mm-hmm. but of course like I want to direct and write but mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> we're getting there we're, we're getting, getting there, there. It's the path <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I get that question so much now that I'm ADing and they're just like so what do you want to do I'm like just okay let me do this all right <laughs> mm-hmm. like we'll get there I'm on yeah. the path don't rush mm-hmm. me <laughs> yeah I feel like film yeah. school people are because I didn't go to film school um film is an accident for me <laughs> and uh it's like hilarious to see people that are like the, the contrast and like this will play into what we were talking about earlier like a bunch of white guys being like I am a director yeah and everyone else being like well I'm just like a, a production assistant right now but what do you mean? I want to direct like, you know, oh my guys are like I am a DP I'm one I did one YouTube video here's my reel it's freaking hilarious I'm like so afraid to like calm myself anything because yeah it's difficult to actually like get there and get those mm-hmm. opportunities yeah. um it really is <laughs> and it's just it just speaks into everything that's like you know taught into us yeah. as non-white men non-cis yeah. white men mm-hmm. of just uh, like yeah. eh, I don't think so really funny what do you have to say like yeah are people really really mm-hmm. care about what you have to say like it was when I published my book I was like oh yeah I write like no mm-hmm. I'm an author it's a yeah, fucking I thing actually... <laughs> stop it uh-huh. but um oh, gosh that's, yeah that's another thing that's like super difficult in this city too is like film industry because it's like high school all over again it feels like <laughs> culturally <Every fucking> show. <laughs> I swear it's like we're torturing ourselves on yeah. purpose with mm-hmm. one day maybe a carrot at the end literally <laughs> no it is it's so true like I've spent my days in a tent with five dudes like mm-hmm. in their 50s it's great yeah it's great and it's it's so <laughs> yeah it's it's especially too like I find now with like I know like people are trying film sets are trying to be more diverse and mm-hmm. stuff but it's for me it's like I'm obviously I'm grateful for getting work but sometimes you can feel this energy that's like you don't like me being here (laughs) like you're not gonna say it but I can tell no I can tell that like my job is to come into the dp tent Mm -hmm. and like the jokes stop when I enter the tent because I'm a risk yeah is she gonna call hr is she gonna look ma'am if you have to stop talking when i walk into a tent maybe you shouldn't be fucking talking in the first place like that like like i'm not the problem here (laughs) my presence shouldn't affect your behavior it's your behavior that's problematic yeah and it's like you can just 
feel it when you're like on set sometimes when you're the woman like especially a woman of color you're just like yeah Ooh, like, I don't know what to say anything or you get looks that you're like like I don't know like I'm sure there's some internalizing but like sometimes it's just like you get looks where you're like oh people people think that I'm only here because Quotas. to be the yeah <laughs> like mm-hmm. like legit like that you can like it you're like oh and what do you do because there's no like there's yeah. no way out of that mm-hmm. you're like but I want this job <laughs> and like whether you earned your spot there or not like mm-hmm. there's no changing their mind on, you know what Literally. I mean like whatever exactly this, the reason for your presence it, 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 that that's that's irrelevant at this yeah point. you could be doing like yeah the best job it was really interesting actually because like my yeah I had to t- totally do this like weird processing after like doing that like going from PA work and I kind of mm. like stopped doing that a couple like years ago just because I <laughs> came to my limit <laughs> yeah a little bit like I was just super burnt out um and wanted to just try doing like other things because I knew that I had the skills to do that but yeah the the way that I was treated as a PA opposed to like when I got this position as a director's assistant and when people like started to figure out I was the director's assistant it was just so weird (laughs) how tell me more I was just like this is like it's it's fucked like obviously this is the film industry for you but like the proximity to power like that's all I came out with it it was just like oh you're like you guys don't even and it's like the whole like diversity thing too it's like you see all of these other people do you even see them as people like mm-hmm. <laughs> do you even because they the don't. way that you're treated Mm-mm. and when you're not that is just so incredibly different like I like of course I don't like my my boss the director I was working for was so nice and like treated me really great and I don't know if mm-hmm. that like helps other people be like oh if you don't she's her very well like it's not gonna go over very well because she treats her well um but like yeah just like get it like I was like if I was in any other position (laughs) and my boss was like telling me to like go into the DP tent and drop off cookies for them and get them you know like be in all these spaces that you know spaces where you're like I should not be here I'm like how do I interrupt this right now like it was just so like oh actually not getting like shit looks <laughs> like death stares because they know who you are because yeah. of this proximity yeah. it was just very strange honestly <laughs> it's such a weird world like I it, we, I'm working with a female first AD right now and there's two two yelly fiery women working mm. together on set meeting <laughs> one of them and it's hilarious and absolutely infuriating because when people don't listen we shout because that's the that's the circle when you shout they pay attention mm-hmm. but you don't want to be that person because yep. you've grown up under male first ladies who shout yep. and it's not pleasant mm-hmm. so you don't want to be that person but you become that person because unless you shout they don't fucking listen really? and so it's like this we had this thing where they weren't listening to the first AD, like the crew in general which happens to any first AD, yep. but it's very annoying but it's even fucking worse when it's women 
Yeah. Because they're like, oh, this yelly, totally. this yelly lady mm-hmm. just wants me to do my yeah. actual job. God forbid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> and I here for and, a reason. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. and and she wanted to have a conversation about you know the crew getting better and like being more professional and. And I was like, well, yeah, but it doesn't help that you're a woman. She's like, that's a battle I'm not even going to acknowledge at this moment. I'm at, li- I like my, I'm at my fucking wits end. Like, I'm not even going to think about the repercussions of like the space that I that I exist in because it's just fucking exhausting all yep. day, every day. Yep. It's like almost, it's like what it's like in society, but times a hundred because no one yeah. slept in six months. <laughs> so yeah. we're the worst versions of ourselves. I totally, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's just been, yeah, thinking about it. It's just like, I'm like, since that was the last job I was on, I'm like, I'm terrified to go back into another role where I know that you're going to listen even less. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like, not at all. Like, this was the first decision that people were actually listening because I'd be like, oh, the director said. Like, <laughs> it's like the bride would like you to do this. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of like those spaces and storytelling, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you have this experience, but it's been mine where I like, cause you said like, do you even see them as people? And that kind of like sparked a bunch of things in my brain where yeah. like so many times I've seen, you know, people in power, AKA mostly white men in the film industry, like not even acknowledge or like say things or do things within the story or within the the content that you're making that are so reductive, immoral, racist, (laughs) sexist, without even comprehending that that's what that is, without it even being a fucking, like asking things of people that they wouldn't ask of people in real life. They just consider that this is a body that they own now. Mm-hmm. And it can puppeteer them, you know? Yep. And and I wonder, like, since you said you want to write and direct, like, <sighs> I'm really curious about what it will look like, because it will yeah. look like that once <laughs> we are changing the narrative and, like, mm-hmm. directing the narrative. Because, mm-hmm. like, it just, like, it, it's, it's, it's fucking mind-boggling. Yeah. Dehumanizing the storytelling processes at the moment it it really is like I mean I if anything I got a glimpse of it on the project I worked on this past year Mm -hmm. because the director was a woman the writer was a woman the producer the on set was a woman Mm -hmm. um so I was lucky as fuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) just that it definitely wouldn't be the same experience if I didn't have those three being there <laughs> yeah. um, because it totally sets a different um, tone vibe when it, it's a woman who cares um, in my case it was about subject matter like it was women in the story so mm-hmm. like women led so people were a little bit more aware of those things mm-hmm. but I don't I really hope it starts changing like yeah at base level like (laughs) yeah (laughs) because like even like I don't know like directors producers like even with COVID officers I find now it's just so weird weird hierarchies we're putting on people's bodies and roles and Mm -hmm. like like worth like you're just placing so much worth on what you are 
in these roles that don't mean really Anything. not much outside of this. <laughs> and that like shifts so much. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you will know this because like we've PA'd with people who yeah. you're like, oh, you're a PA today. But like in yeah. other moments of your life, you've done this, 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 <laughs> Literally. this. So like it's a very versatile industry where you can be the top of the food chain one day and the bottom the next exactly because you're doing a friend a favor or because you need the fucking paycheck or exactly whatever <laughs> so for me it's mind-boggling sometimes to find yourself in these situations yeah where you know either either the bottom would have been at the top or the top yep. would have been at the bottom depending on yeah. you know <laughs> the turn of the tide but like it it's just like I think I'm finally understanding why a lot of films are about the film world. Because <laughs> when you enter this bubble, you don't see anything else. It like takes over. And like, speaking of internalizing all the evils of the world, like you start to have to look a certain way. You start to have to talk a certain way. You start to have to behave a certain way. You start to have, start to, have to yell a certain way mm-hmm. to, to be productive or to be considered yeah. or to be or to feel worthy or, or to feel like you belong. And it's just perpetuating. Yep. The problem. The problems, even when you know it might like again, like intention versus impact. You know, even if the mm-hmm. intent intention might be good, like the impact is still fucking nasty. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, I hope it. I really hope. Yeah, it changes. I think it really starts with like, yeah, the directors and the producers that are on set, and like what type of environment they want to have people in. Like it just. Mm-hmm. I don't get why the film industry feels because white men, <laughs> obviously, that are <laughs> behind it. But it's like they don't understand that like it does not have to be this way. Somebody told you that it needed to be this way, and now it is. But it does not have to be. <laughs> no, and it, it. it's like the whole. It's like they don't even like take the time to think about like the perspective. Like it used to be fucking chaos filmmaking, and yeah. then it got so big that of course they put structures in, and yeah. what other structures did they know than the military mm-hmm. structure? So they used that one, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it was evil. And now we're yeah. like, hey, this is not working. It's not healthy. <laughs> it's not humane. We need this to change. They're like, but that's mm-hmm. how we've been doing it. Exactly. What do you mean? But it's, and, but it's working. It's like <sighs> working for who? <laughs> <laughs> the stories suck they're repetitions of each other we we watch the same fucking iteration of the same movie over and over and over fucking again while families get destroyed people don't see their kids they get seven divorces in a row it's clearly working isn't it like (laughs) what i know and it's like it's so it's so fucked when you think about what it's all for you're like essentially it's for fucking Netflix shows and reality it's, like it's, it's for, for someone to put in the background literally, while they're taking a shit literally, literally this like, is what you're like, making it's entertainment it's entertainment it's a movie it is a movie <laughs> every time someone like, freaks out on set like myself included I'm just like I'm not a fucking ER doctor <laughs> like nothing here matters nothing matters like know, calm the fuck down uh-huh it's like yeah some of those situations you get yourself in you're like I don't I know it's crazy it's crazy yeah, um I should stop shit. using that word but you know sorry I know. I'll try um so total change of subject um mm-hmm. we're recording this on September 18th and you mentioned we wanted to highlight for this episode that September is alopecia awareness month um mm-hmm. what does that mean to you well yeah I've 
I've had alopecia since I was 17 now. Um, in my first year of college, university or whatever, um, I found a spot on my head and it just kept, these spots just kept growing. About two years later, all of my hair started falling out rapidly and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. I knew it was alopecia, but I didn't know really like if it like that it could get worse. I didn't know that there was three different types of alopecia, which there's alopecia areata, which is what I had when I first got it, which was just spots. And then I got alopecia totalis, which is all the hair off your head. And then you get, if it progresses, you can get alopecia universalis, which is all over your body. Mm-hmm. And actually, I progressed all the way to having alopecia universalis at one point, um, a couple of years ago. And yeah, the experience for me has just been a roller coaster of one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I just like to educate people on what it is and why it happens there's no cure for it there's no reason for why it happens to people um people can be born with it it can happen later in life there's literally close to no reason reason. (laughs) yeah for it happening to you um it's just your body attacking your hair follicles thinking that they're bad for no reason um Mm. so I don't know I like to just educate people on how there's different areas of hair loss it's not always just cancer it's not always stress or that's what a lot of people think that it's stress and it's like like when I first started losing my hair everyone was like you should stop stressing so much that's the most useful (laughs) advice for someone who is stressed by the way even if you (laughs) just stop doing that stop stressing that your hair is falling out it's really easy I was like what and I go to the hair specialist and I'm like is it because I'm stressing he's like no no it's not that you're being gaslit yeah um so yeah it was a really weird time for me because obviously at the beginning did you I don't know if you I, I was just gonna ask you if you know anybody with hair loss like or alopecia in life not with I think I had one friend in high school but like a friend of a friend of a friend Mm -hmm. um that I can remember but I've definitely my mom has had some hair loss not Mm -hmm. alopecia and same thing like it's like oh it's due to stress and then ironically when they tell you that then you start to stress <laughs> like, <laughs> like I wasn't stressed before no it was <laughs> not helpful um, um but yeah I mean I can only imagine though once it starts happening the repercussions because as as a logical experiment you know as a logical human being it's just hair Mm-hmm. But as an emotional, fully connected, empath- empathetic human being existing in this society, it must have so many repercussions oh, yeah. on your self-esteem, your mm-hmm. awareness of your femininity in this case, and yeah. like beauty standards in the capitalistic Western world. Like mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I was yeah, like I I always just ask people, like, if you're scared of 
<laughs> being bald, which is a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> then that's where you need to start asking questions. Like, like, yeah. Like if you're terrified of that. Hello, all men in their thirties. And it's like, I don't know. It's just this thing that like, even when it has happened to me, so many people were trying to tell me, well, it's just hair. It's just hair. And it's like, but you wouldn't be saying that. Like, <laughs> And also like the, 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 the impulse to say it's just hair, like to, to reduce that, that, mm -hmm. you know, traumatic experience that's happening. If it was any body part, you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Literally. then, and then also like, it's clearly not just if you're saying it's just, yeah. You know? And it's like, it's that weird, like double edged thing that people are trying to make you feel better. Cause it's like, I'm aware that I'm it, like, everything is relative. Like I'm mm -hmm. aware that this isn't the, worst thing that can happen to me of course <laughs> but I'm not losing my it. legs that like, would be a lot complicated in terms of logistics but it's still a part of my body that's not working <laughs> the way that it was I didn't choose something that was just very not anything that I had to think about um and it threw me through a loop like there's the first couple of years like I just like talking about how it can affect you mentally, especially when you're yeah. a woman and how society has a play in that <laughs> and how we can all be a little bit better in like normalizing baldness in women and in people yeah. because it's like when I first, like I couldn't go out without a bandana or a hat. Like I just was so afraid of people thinking that I was bald knowing that I was bald like it's this feeling that you don't want anyone to know because it's a bad thing somehow it's and, yeah like you, obviously I don't think that way anymore but that's how I thought is that like this must be a bad thing because nobody wants this like <laughs> and the only times it's ever portrayed is in like sickness mm-hmm it's never seen like even to this day with film too like I'm trying to create more stories with like bald people in it and I guess like having them just in stories because mm -hmm. it's like I don't think I've ever seen a bald woman in a in a movie or a story that was that wasn't seen as the butt of the joke or the or just you know or that was like, the I, central thing about literally like, yeah or like I, I just I don't think I've ever watched a movie where like it was just like somebody had a friend who had alopecia or you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um especially when it comes to women because I know that there's some dope like alopecia actors like dude actors, actors out there yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um but yeah I just haven't seen that representation with a lot of women and like non-men and I'd like to see more because if I had it like I wouldn't mm -hmm. like it's just such a mind trip because mm -hmm. it's like society tells you especially now Instagram and like everything you just see so mm -hmm. much and it's like people can tell like it's this all like this fake like vulnerability like like body positive like it's like okay <laughs> we're you're like but do you actually do you actually not see that yeah. or are you just putting it on and it's like I know that for yeah. me with alopecia, like what's so hard for me <laughs> these days is like, 
it literally changed my entire perspective on beauty like to the point that I don't like I don't see it anymore I don't even know what beauty is because to me it's Mm. it's not even something I can tell you it's not even something I can put a finger on it is who you are it is yeah like it is nothing that I see like and like I don't even know how to describe it (laughs) but no I I know exactly what you're saying Mm -hmm. because like I'm in a non-monogamous relationship and we're dating uh, Mm -hmm. other people and when we're like going through profiles every time like people just like want to meet up without like having a preemptive coffee date I'm like no I need to smell you I know that sounds weird (laughs) but like I don't care what you look like or like I need to smell you I need to feel what you what you put out in terms of energy to know Mm -hmm. if I find you attractive and like in correlation to beauty standards like Mm -hmm. I I don't really care Mm -hmm. what your attributes are yeah it's about what you give off, what you have yeah. to give, what you share and, and, and smell <laughs> like in a broader, <laughs> like sort of people. chemical way. Like, yeah, know, I wish perfume. more people were like that, <laughs> but it's true that it's, it's really hard to combat because think of like ourselves in high school, like that would, that is nowhere near what I, what I used to think. Yeah. Like I think about myself in high school and I'm like, like even just like with hair for me, it's just like, I did layers of like being a black woman in this super white space Mm -hmm. me never liking my hair I never liked my hair for Mm -hmm. the longest time of what I can remember until like a year before I lost it like (laughs) I spent and it's like funny now that I I think about it like it's like fuck me because spent so much fucking time just fucking straightening my fucking hair like burning it off and then not now not having <laughs> to do that with and I just think like why why was I doing that it's like I look I think about my teenage self and I think about myself now and I'm like like what a waste I of even time. remember like thinking like how scary it'd be if I was bald like if I had like something happened to me like that like I wouldn't be able to live I was just like you but, know <laughs> I mean it, it, it's almost like I don't want to like it's we're not like we're not to blame for those thoughts you know what I mean like that's what the capitalist (laughs) beauty standards are and like how pervasive that shit is because like I grew up having short hair as a woman Mm -hmm. and I I grew my hair long once under societal pressure Mm -hmm. and that's when I was the most miserable is when I try to fit those beauty standards you know like I had long blonde hair Mm-hmm. which like you've known me for very like that just not yeah, like, like like what the fuck like, how would you even look <laughs> down here like fucking insane and mm-hmm. um and it, it it's crazy how something so quote-unquote trivial is not at all trivial like it yeah. completely informs the way that we see ourselves the mm-hmm. way that other people see us that their attractiveness to us and let mm-hmm. alone like adding the layer of being a black woman yeah it's just people saying it's just hair is so fucking reductive <laughs> of that experience yeah. you know yeah I was it's it's been really hard for me to even voice like I feel like I wasn't able to voice why I thought those things like don't like why not to say those things especially because it's like me just processing it still even mm-hmm. to this day it's like when people say things I'm always like 
I don't ever say things in the moment back to them because I'm like, what? <laughs> like I go away mm-hmm. and then I think about it and I'm like, what the fuck? That's seductive. <laughs> like, why would you say that? Um, mm. I wish people were more aware too of like their language because it's so like I just wish it was a little bit more. Yeah, not a little bit. I wish it was normalized because yeah. like we just think about the language we use too. Like it's not just it's society it's what we see but it's the way we talk about it too like it's the way we talk about everything like like going even going to the dance class it's like with your hair this way with your hair that way like um yeah conversations like I know for me what was super big that was just like fuck this is this is fucked it's like so many conversations I'd have with other women and it would go, it would be hair conversation. And I'd be stuck in these hair conversations. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, holy shit, this has been going on for like 20 minutes now. Everyone's talking about what they're doing with their hair. And it's like, you want to be like, like, I want to be like, yeah, this is a thing. But also like, why the fuck do we care so much? Like, <laughs> why are we talking about it for this long? And why do you care this much? And just choose, please. Because... <laughs> Yeah. I just wish there just wasn't this much importance on it. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I, I can tell you uh, one of the reasons why is because it's the one thing that we can talk about that isn't sexualized. That we like, it's the one thing where we can indulge in our self appearance that isn't like it is totally a part of male gaze like I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you know obviously men want you to have long hair and you can't yeah. have short hair because that's not feminine that's the thing mm-hmm. but you can't talk about what you're doing to your butt or your boobs mm-hmm. as freely as you can be like oh I got a blowout or I like you can yeah. imagine showing up to a group of women being like oh my god my new Brazilian wax is great like, you know like mm-hmm. it's just like it's part of I never thought about it that way <laughs> but again I don't think it's a good thing I think it's like part of like the pervasiveness of like focusing on our Mm -hmm. appearance as like the only thing we have to give and like the only thing that we need to care about and that we have to you know to perform about Mm -hmm. I don't know I just I think about that so much because I'm like what if like I'm just like people are so unaware of like Mm -hmm. when it's happening (laughs) And I'm always just like, wow, like no, and I've been part of those conversations because you're just like, okay, at what point do I stop talking about the weather? Like, you know, like just like what's a bonding thing? Like, okay, sure. How much do you spend on your outrageously expensive haircut? Exactly. But it it is true that like we as a society need to move fucking further away from that. Um, level of brainwash about fucking appearance yeah and yeah like it's it's just it just it blows blows my mind (laughs) to this day like it's just the way that people yeah they just see it as this bad thing especially on women and it's like even when it is a choice like a lot of women who do shake their heads like the, the reaction you, they get a lot of the time is like, well, I like your hair longer. You should grow your hair longer. Or God forbid, she's having a mental health crisis. That's why she shaved her head. There's no other reason, is there? What? Like, Yeah, exactly. What? That too. I'm like, what is this correlation between shaving your head as a woman and people thinking you're going through Mentally, some sort of crisis? Yeah. Like, 
it's just like what mm-hmm. god forbid a woman wants to shave her head for herself to, to see her free face. herself like- <laughs> from all these other shit you're imposing on her and i honestly tell anyone i'm like if there's one thing like anyone who is open to talking to me about my alopecia and is always like well like you're so brave like I don't really like those compliments because it's like it's not a compliment hun. like I know you're what you're trying to say but like it's not it's like Lizzie <laughs> like, saying like everyone's saying I'm so brave for existing in my body like did I have a like did I choose this like is this like a, what do you mean like should, should I hide, hide it away like 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 it's like like all of those like quarantine memes of people like I'm gonna shave off my eyebrows so I stay inside. It's like, so you want you want people who who like it's just like I this logic is just like so fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I just really that's like literally the probably the only reason why I'm so like talk about it so much and why I don't wear wigs as much as I do. Because it's just like, you need, you guys, it's not my problem. No, exactly. (laughs) Like, like you need to get comfortable. So get fucking comfortable. (laughs) Yes. No, but it's so, like, it's so evident once you see it. And and it's so not when you don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's part of, like, all of these conversations we're having about normalizing ABCY. You know, it's like the issues that we're putting on people's shoulders that are not their responsibility mm-hmm. are fucking crazy. Like it is not, yeah. it is not my responsibility to deal with your issues about my existence. Yeah. Totally. Those are your issues. I'll deal with um, my existence. As yeah. I say <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I always like, especially like women who like are like, you're so brave. I'm like, you shave your head like you do it because obviously you need it like like I just think that like so many people would benefit so much from just forcing themselves because that's basically what alopecia is you're forcing yourself to just be free of it and have to look at yourself you have to love yourself (laughs) not anything like attached to it on it that you could do with that you like have to love you like I don't know I just recommend it much deeper level (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's like it goes back to storytelling and like making people think and feel the stories of people that they haven't considered yeah you know and like Mm -hmm describing humans in a way that isn't about their physical external appearance and Mm -hmm. you know attributing roles in the story for the people's like self and not yeah you know the butt of the joke because you fit within one of these body categories you know yeah totally yeah I just want those fucking Europeans centric beauty standards to die <laughs> yeah yeah and like even if like where are these standards coming from because yeah. like centuries ago <laughs> even the european centric ones didn't fit what we currently have so like yeah. even that is historically inaccurate like you're just i know it's 
what it's, it's so fucked because it's yeah you're like you're like what what are we all imposing like on ourselves right now I don't know if it's just like I honestly think a lot of it has to do with Instagram like I love Instagram for like there's so yeah. many good good shit on there like everyone that I know from the alopecia community is basically on Instagram if I didn't have them on there then I wouldn't be as confident as I am now but also mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah standards like it's just not real anymore did we reach a point of wealth as a society in the Western world where we have nothing fucking better to do than to torture ourselves with that? Like, is this where we're at? Mm-hmm. Well, sure, let's try and go to Mars before we fix ourselves internally. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. I just think, like, in the apocalypse, yeah, like, there's not going to be a lot of time for hair care styling. <laughs> but, like, I'm sure that, like, because I, I remember we had a bit of a conversation because um, at the beginning of COVID, everyone was like having a panic about yeah. their fucking hair uh-huh. it was so annoying <laughs> so annoying everyone was freaking out like, I can't my hair every fucking story every day it was like I can't haircut doing my own haircut today well it's like quarantine hair like what brush it and put it back <laughs> I don't understand I <laughs> it's just like I yeah I I still don't get it to this day but now I make jokes about it now I now sometimes when conversations are just going too far I'm just like make some weird joke like yeah totally me too everyone just looks and I'm like yeah move on yeah I mean like even further like just like oh all these brave women letting their gray hair show during quarantine it's like what do you mean yeah this whole idea that other people are existing as themselves for others like why like I know a lot of people with alopecia like women go through like I haven't had a lot of these experiences but I know people have a lot of people have come up to them and be like oh like what is like I've had a sister who had cancer. They go through the whole story. They tell them this whole long story. And you're like. <laughs> what? You're like, that's really like, sorry. But why did you feel like you knew I was that. the person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like putting so many people put their shit onto you sometimes when you're just like, I don't exist for you to be doing this right now just because I'm living in my truth. <laughs> like. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it just broadly speaking, we just need to start fucking living our own lives and existing for our own selves. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, you know, as much as as much the people on the side of getting those microaggressions as as much as the people giving them. Like yeah. dude, just live in your body, focus on your life. Everything mm-hmm. will go much better for you. Totally. What, yeah. the, the audacity. The audacity. Seriously. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're getting to the wrap-up point of the episode. So I'm going to ask you the last question I ask everybody. Um, and feel free to go buck wild with this one. Um, what is a thing that you wish you'd known or that you wish someone had told you like early on that would have affected your life, in a, that you know now, that would have affected you in sort of like a much-needed freeing way? Oh, I don't even know. 
I mean, I know that people have told me this, but it would have been nice to believe it for myself at the time. Mm. But I know that when I was younger, being an insecure Black girl who did not want to be a Black girl, I would say that you're worthy the way that you are. Like, (laughs) you don't have to be anybody else. Like, you really don't. That's what I tell myself. Um, Mm. Yeah. Like you're worthy exactly what you, you are. are. <laughs> That's a fucking great reminder. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for like the uh, the righteous white men, you can get a little less. Of that. <laughs> you Just need to knock work. it down. Just knock There's it down. Some work there. <laughs> <laughs> you are a little less worthy at the moment. <laughs> we have seen to go all through of that. the humbling stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Through the self hatred stage. So little bit different <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> small <laughs> asterisks here conditions and terms apply <laughs> oh it was such a nice nice time finally getting to talk to you about all of the above um mm-hmm. anything you want to plug any like should people get in touch follow or anything i don't know you can follow me at my instagram okay, we'll be in the description. description yeah i work in film in vancouver if you want to work together email me (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. awesome well thank you so much for taking the time and thanks everyone for listening to yet another episode and i'll speak to you when uh when i choose to again (laughs) in the meantime uh it is friday so have yourself some pleasure this weekend bye everybody thank you so much it was so great see you and talk Human contact.